Welcome to the Lessons Learned from Donald Trump podcast. This thing is huge. It's the greatest, most outrageous, incredibly fun podcast on the internet today. It's all about the Donald, the most spectacular entrepreneur alive today. For entrepreneurs who also want to dominate their market and destroy their competition. I'm Steve Cypress, here with my co-host, Everett Farnell. Welcome to another edition of the Lessons Learned from Donald Trump podcast. I'm your co-host, Steve Cypress, along with my co-host, Everett Farnell. Uh, Steve, i got to tell you, I'm so excited about this podcast. It's huge, huge, amazing. Well, I mean, okay, if you look that's... at the polls, I mean, you know, the polls are coming in and they're saying this podcast is fantastic. It's excellent. It's, I mean, it's, it's winning in all the polls. I, I mean, who, uh, Tim Ferriss, who? It, and any polls that's not that. winning in? Those polls can't be trusted anyway. You They're can't believe planted. what you see in some of those polls. Come on. But in all the it, it, polls look, they, they say that we're doing great, oh, those are great polls. Yeah, well, because they, they know what they're talking about, see. They love, they love the Trump podcast. They love it. Speaking of which, we talked last time, just at the end, we promised that we would speak this time about another lesson you can learn from what not to do that Donald Trump does. So last time we talked about something that what not to do, and this time the topic uh, that we promised at the end of last time is how Trump seems to not listen to his advisors, so much to the point that people make statements I see in the news, or you read something that goes, Trump ought to get somebody advising him on how to do this debate. I think that's, even, that's where it came up, because you even said that last time, jokingly, you said, you know, they ought to hire you, Steve, to be an advisor. That's where it came up, and I'm yeah. like, look, that's it. That, when it's so, it's so obvious he doesn't follow advice of advisors, it makes people think he doesn't even have advisors. But of course well, he, he has advisors, so... He's not making the mistake that, which is actually the mistake that probably 98% of small business owners make, that they don't even have advisors. Trump at least has them, but he's making the mistake of not listening to them. He just doesn't listen to them. See, it's the danger of success, really. Because, see, you have a guy here who is unbelievably successful and has accomplished tremendous things in his life. As he said during the debate, he took a modest loan and turned it into a multi-billion dollar empire. He's done amazing things. Well, you're right. And even though, and we've covered this in, in previous episodes that the disingenuous oh look at all the failures he's had you know you know everyone knows in business you don't look at all the failures you look at the fact of what they led to everyone has failures in yeah. business so he's also like because i was going to i caught myself i was going to say like everything he touches turned to gold which is not true but he's had success in multiple endeavors so not only is he exactly. very successful but in multiple fields in real estate and then in and obviously in marketing various different businesses and products but then in the entertainment industry TV, entertainment. TV, yeah. And now in politics. I mean, the guy just knows how to succeed. And you're right. I think that's where this hubris comes from. This, I don't right. need there's, to listen to anybody because look how successful I am. Exactly. There's a danger. In it. A lot of business owners suffer that, from that, too. They get to a particular size and they think, uh, well, you know, what are you going to tell me? Look, I, I built this company myself. And that may be true, but that doesn't mean that you can't still have, uh, t can't still take some advice to get to the next level. You know what I mean? And I hate that well, term. Great point, level, because here's tough, what but. happens with small business owners. Unlike with Trump, small business owners can say, I'm okay with the size I am in the marketplace, or I'm okay where I am. Trump, you know, vanquished 16 opponents, but he can't say, I'm okay with that, because you got no, one left, keep going. which is the old Clinton machine that we thought we were away from is back in absolute full swing, and that is a big, tough machine, as you can see, anyone can see, to defeat. Like, come on now. So By the way, he's really got to ramp it up, and he can't just say, he can't continue to rest and go, 
but I beat 16 other people, I'm great. Because if he doesn't watch out, he's about to lose. And it doesn't matter how many people you beat, you're going to go down in history as you lost. Yeah, and, and that's it. It's just the, the only race that matters is the race that's going on now as far as the presidential run. And for that one, presidential you know, the, because the Jeb Bush advisors didn't know what they were doing, they spent misspent all kinds of money ineffectively and coached him ineffectively in the debate. Whatever they all did, either he didn't listen to them or they were no good or it didn't, but whatever it is, that's long gone. So is every other right. opponent he had. But this one ain't going away and is totally funded and totally backed, and it's a 50-state thing, and he got all the even got all kinds of establishment Republicans on Hillary's side. So, and all the right. media, of course, is on Hillary's side, almost all of them. So you have this mass of opponents against you, this big machine. Trump alone, being Trump, is just barely not good enough. You know, he can right. get just barely enough angry conservatives that have been lied to, you know, by, by mandating and putting their Republicans into the House and Senate over the last, what, eight, six, eight, six years now. They've controlled the House and the Senate, and yet government just keeps getting bigger. And so they've been fed a pack of lies. They're all fed up. But on the other side, the liberals are actually quite happy with the way things are, because all kinds of liberal social issues keep happening, and, you know, things are moving along, and they don't really care care that much that the economy sucks, you know, at least it's better than it was, and, you know, they're okay with things, and that's good enough for Hillary to win unless Trump really pulls a rabbit out of a hat, and for that, he needs some help, and he just doesn't appear to listen to his advisors. So here's an example. There was a vice presidential debate the other night, as we as we record this in early October, and there was one of Trump's advisors. Now, technically, it's his vice president, who you would think is, well, technically, gee, he's under him, but it's similar to George Bush brought in uh, Cheney, Dick Cheney who was a much more a veteran and, and older and advisor. You know, Pence is not older than Trump, but he's got, you know, decades of experience in Washington, D.C. and in politics. And he advised Trump by example on Tuesday night in that debate of this is how you respond to vicious personal attack. You don't. Right. You just it, don't it, it, take the bait. You just sit you there just and let, let the moderator go moving on to the next topic. Pence, Pence must have done that three or four or five times. He just constantly ignored the personal attacks and, and did not respond, didn't attack back, didn't do... I hope, I'm pretty sure Trump was watching, but now the key is, will Trump pay attention and will he listen and learn from that? Right. Well, then that's the $10 million question. Okay, so how does this relate to a small business owner then? Because like we said in the beginning, a small business owner, for the most part, one reason they're small and they don't grow is they have a small mentality because they don't, you know, a big company, everyone knows, oh, big corporation, of course they have a board of directors. Of course they have coaches and mentors and they bring in all kinds of big outside consultants and, and blah, blah, blah. Small business owners don't do that. Why not? Well, that's why well, they not remain a, small. Exactly. Well, and that's the thing is that they they um, there's too many business owners. So, see, not not only big businesses have boards of directors. So small companies that are raising money and that are looking to become big companies always put people on their board who are mentors and advisors and successful business people. But as you said, small business, the the, the small business guy, local business doesn't do that. So why not? You know, my only guess is that they just haven't thought about it. But well, and it's is, a good guess because uh, yeah. maybe as a listener. No, you know, especially if they've been to the lessons learned from DonaldTrump.com website, you know, that's what we do. So it's a little self-serving, but I'll do it. I'll just say that's what we do in our experience. Yeah. Just about every small business owner is our prospect because 99% of them do not have any consultants, coaches, advisors, board of directors, mentors, whatever you call it. They don't have anyone. They might join a networking group. They might, like, uh, go to a conference uh, of their industry or something. 
but they don't have someone who has their back who can right. the most and you know this but the one of the biggest responses we get is not only how much money we make our clients but how much we save them for uh, you know we get this all the time like oh thank you so much for looking over this ad I was about to place where you're right because of what I had there you know before you fixed it I was going to place that ad spend all that money and the phone wasn't going to ring or I, I was going to had... drop this letter in the mail and which I've done before, and the phone didn't ring. And thank you for fixing it, and you saved me thousands of dollars. So we get both ends. We get we save mm-hmm. people lots of money, and we make them lots of money. And it does amaze me. I guess my frustration is coming through now because I love small business owners so much. It just amazes me how they don't. Maybe they just don't even know that help exists. They, it, it's just something that that has never occurred to them. Because, like you said, they go to the chamber of commerce or they go to a networking thing where everybody's trying to get you to buy from them. They're not. They don't have a group of people whose sole purpose it is is to support and help each other. Now, maybe you do business amongst yourself, or maybe you don't. But ultimately, the group of people, the the purpose for the group is to support each other and see each other do better and make and see each other make more money and be more successful in their business and reach your, you know, reach everybody, help each other reach their business goals. That's well, that's a great point. One example people see, I was just saying, I think they don't think it exists, but they do see examples now on TV because in the past few years, these TV shows, and hopefully small business owners, if you're listening to this podcast, hopefully you're also watching some of these, The Profit with Marcus Lavonis, The Shark Tank Show, uh, Undercover, Boss, uh, you know, whatever it is, you're seeing some shows out there now where you're seeing consultants going in and helping business owners. The difference is, you know, how few people are getting the venture capitalists and billionaires to say, you know, I'll invest in your company and take a share of equity, which, by the way, they're taking your equity. Yeah, or you built your company and they're taking your equity. Again, just to be self-serving, whenever and I help clients, I don't take your equity. Right. I help you build your equity. Uh, but anyway, right. exactly. uh, you see, the, you see the the example. You see people come on the Shark Tank and they go, "I just want your help." They they ask a question sometimes. You know, hey, this is a great idea. Hey, you got a, a, a an up and coming company. Why are you here? Things are happening for you. Well, because I want your help. I know that I yeah. need a shark's help. And whenever I see that, I'm like, good for them. Good I, for them I've to said, recognize. I said until uh, uh, probably a thousand times watching Shark Tank that the entrepreneur would be better off saying I want zero ten percent of my company for nothing just being advised to some of these guys you know I, I mean it's just uh, uh, it, it's so valuable but if you can do that without giving up equity you know the the, the uh, late great Dennis Felix he said that you should do everything you possibly can he by the way is a billionaire um, everything you possibly can not to give up equity in your business you should hold all the equity that you can possibly keep your hands on don't give any up fight tooth and nail to avoid giving well, up right that's what the it means me about the Shark Tank. They're just so eager to come on and go, I'll give you, right. you know, I'll give you 40% of my kind of 30%. I'm like, if what happens is what you want, which is these sharks build your company into a multi-million dollar business, you just gave Beautiful. away like millions of dollars. Right. So the, the trick is to find a group who you can, and of course, like you have mentioned, this is a little bit self-serving, but it's not really 100% self-serving because we're not giving you a full-on pitch for, for uh, you know, for our services. But we are saying to the listeners, find a group, find somebody where they know what they're doing. They've well, that's a good point. You so it's do. not self-serving, first of all, because it, we're, we serve the our clients. So they're the big right. winners in the thing. But number two, right, okay, so you hate us, you don't trust us, you don't think what a Fine. Find somebody, though. Find somebody who knows business, who's been there, done that, knows marketing, knows how to grow a business, knows the pitfalls as you grow a business, because that's one reason I know small business stays small, is because there's, you know, it's very comfortable. 
to stay small. And once right. you start growing, well, you've got to hire other people and you've got to give up some control because you've got to get a manager in there and you've got to put systems into play. And there's a lot, oh, you know what? And I, I, I have had clients who have said, you know, I just want to go back to just me and going in and doing my tiling work with one other guy. I'm tired of these five crews. The guys don't show up on time. They don't do as good work as me. Blah, blah, blah. I know I have make all this money. I have this big fancy house. My wife is happy. We go on vacations. You know, I get a $10 million business. I just want to get... Of course, they don't, but they say that. Right. You know, I just want to go back well, to when it was just me. Well, a lot of small business owners, even if it's subconsciously, they do think that way. I don't want to grow because I don't want the hassle. Because they think it's a hassle. What they don't realize right. is that it is a hassle to work through. It is a hassle to put things in place. But once it's all in place, it's much easier. Once you get to a certain level, it's much easier. I mean, Jordan Belfort, who is the Wolf of Wall Street, who was obviously a thief, and, but he did build a huge business with hundreds of brokers selling for him and stuff. So, I mean, you, you know, you got to listen to a little bit of what he says. He mentioned one time that too many business owners don't realize that doing 100 times your, your, annual, your annual revenue does not take 100 times more work. As a matter of fact, once you get to that level, it's a hell of a lot easier than running it when you're small because now you're managing managers. So it takes a lot less time to run that business once you get it to that level. So yes, there is a build, there are growing pains. But the no, I problem, mean when you put it that way, I mean of course people cycle, you know, they, they technically know that when they think about it. I mean because also, you know, you don't have to work a hundred times more hours because you can't. Right. So the guy exactly. who and this whole podcast is about Donald Trump, a billionaire, has the same twenty-four hours a day as everybody else. So even though he is a crazy workaholic who works <laughs> right. every day, seven days a week, still he can't. He can't work quadruple the hours you do, but he makes a lot more than quadruple the money, I'm sure, of any listener to the Lessons Learned from Donald Trump podcast. So the di what's the difference? It's not that it's so much... I, I don't believe that his life is more of a hassle than a small business owner who has who's making uh, uh, one thousandth the money he makes. No, I, I agree with you. It, it's not... It's not uh, uh, you know, it, it, there, there are, it, it is not directly proportional. No question about it. But people, people, like you said, they know that logically, but they get stuck in that growth phase. So the guy who has a $10 million business and has five crews and has a nice house and has, has, has a brand-new car and, but hates managing the employees, see, the, his problem is not that he has a $10 million business. You know, he pines away for the simple day. His problem is that he got stuck. And if he got to a $20 million or $30 million business, he wouldn't have to do that stuff that he doesn't like doing. And that's what, that, that's what having a board of advisors around you helps you do, is get to that place where you don't have to do the things that you do. You can manage other people who do the things that you don't like doing. Not only that, by not having to do the things you don't like, you can do more of the things you do like. You can take more time exactly. off. You can go out on a boat. You can take a week's vacation without having to call back to the office every day. Right, exactly, exactly. Well, and, but the bot so the bottom line, as we just bring this one to a close, is you're watching Donald Trump, who succeeded as Trump being Trump all along the way through the primaries, but has been stumbling a lot in the general election as we come down to the last month to go here. And you can see the surrogate out for Trump. You can feel the frustration when they impression that he's just not listening. 
He's not listening right. to what to what his advisors have to say. Like very simple things in debates. I mean, how do you stand and that you don't interrupt the moderator and you don't argue with it? You know, these are very simple things. You know, he's got advisors telling him that. Right. There was exactly. things about where he's going on the campaign trail and you know, oh, and this tweeting at three o'clock in the morning stuff. I mean, you know, we we could now do an episode pr- pretty much every day on lessons to learn from what not to do that Donald Trump is doing. <laughs> Like, but it all comes down to one general theme, which is he's not listening to his advisors. So two things, either you don't have the right advisors in your business, dear listener, or you're not listening to them, which hopefully you would listen if you had them. So at least let's see if you can do step one and get some advisors in place. Heck, if they're not the right ones, we've had a couple of these episodes on how good Trump is about being quick to fire, get rid of that, and put someone else sure, in place. Sure, absolutely. Absolutely. He didn't make the mistake of not hiring one. He hired one, then he got rid of that guy, then he brought in another, then he got rid of that guy, and now the one he has, she's doing a fantastic super job. He just won't listen to her. Well, he's listening to her a lot. You notice that every single, well, I of course I don't see every single one he does, but whenever I see him, his highlights of him on the news, he's always reading off the teleprompter now. Right. He's not flailing around at his rallies just being Trump anymore, so he is reading off teleprompter, he is reading scripts. She's got him doing that, and I predict that when we see this next debate, you know, she might have him better prepared, and he might actually listen. You know, and I'll leave you with this. I am from New York originally, if you can't tell by the sound of my voice. I'm as loyal a guy as they come, so yes, my entire life I've been a fan of the losing New York Mets. (laughs) (laughs) who at one time in 1969 when I was a kid, they won their first World Series. They were just like Trump now. They were a last-place team, upstart expansion team, expected. They finished last every year they had before that year in 69 when they won the World Series. So everyone predicted them last. They can't win. Nothing they can do. Whatever. And they came, and then the World Series came in. They were against the vaunted establishment Baltimore Orioles. This is the same thing happened to the Jets in the Super Bowl that same year. The Jets, the upstart AFL, not supposed to compete with the vaunted NFL that had crushed the AFL in both previous Super Bowls, and both were the same situation. It was an upstart league, upstart team that nobody thought could win against the vaunted establishment machine, and in both cases they won. But even more germane to the debate issue, people might not know, but in 1969, the Mets lost Game 1 of the World Series, similar to how Trump lost the first debate. They Right. And everyone said, see, there you go. They had this fun ride, and it was a nice, fun summer, but they're up against the Orioles now, and they can't beat the Orioles, and it's just not going to happen, and they're going to get killed. And the Mets ended up winning Game 2, Game 3, Game 4, and Game 5, and that's the World Championship. So Trump supporters should be undaunted by the fact that Trump lost the first debate, because after the second and the third, the first debate, whatever happened in it, is old news. The key Nobody to the cares, first yeah. debate, and I think I mentioned this last time, that before the debate, the key to the first debate, and this is a an issue, a lesson for business owners, is it's a test. That's all it is. It's the first debate to see what works, what doesn't, make adjustments, come out, and then let's see how you perform over the last month of the campaign, which includes two more debates and the VP debate. So it's three more debates and a month of campaigning all based on the mistakes made in that first debate. So we've talked about this a lot. Don't be afraid to take action, fail, make those mistakes, but make sure you learn from them and then go on that winning streak and start growing your business and building. And let's see if Trump can do that. But he can only do that if he'll listen to his advisors and change his tactics that have him 
going a little bit off the rails in the debate and the campaign together over the last couple of weeks. I think that is stellar advice and exactly what uh, what business owners should do. Let, let's hope everyone and takes Trump it. And Trump, for that matter. And, uh, and to be, you know, one last minor soft pitch for us, if you do want to just at least hear what we're all about and how we help small business out to set records and make more money than ever dream possible and do it easier than ever, just go to the website, lessonslearnedfromdonaldtrump.com. Or there you go. go to everettparnell.com, go to stevecypress.com, like, check us out. But otherwise, we'll be back next week with another edition of the Lessons Learned from Donald Trump podcast. Cheers. You've just listened to the most terrific podcast on the internet today. If you want to be a winner like Trump, make sure you go listen to the rest of the episodes by going to lessonslearnedfromdonaldtrump.com. And join us next time. Unless you like being a loser, some people do, I guess.